This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Thursday, and I'm here with Alyssa Farrah Griffin. This is Behind the Table. Hello, Alyssa. Hello, Brian. This is exciting because it's the first day of holidays at The View. We came out, this, we had a big walk-on to, to Candy Cane Lane, and uh, the set was decorated. Do you like this time of year? I am obsessed with Christmas. And I have to say, the set, it, it, they outdid themselves this year. It looks so incredible. Um, I'm like, a Christmas starts the minute Thanksgiving ends. Honestly, I would probably start sooner if my husband would allow me to. It's the best time of year. You just, you feel good. It's the smells, the music, the food, the whole thing. So I really get into Christmas, but my, I really want, I don't, I feel like Thanksgiving is being like taken away from us. (laughs) Like it's just disappearing completely. So I've been doing the, in my house, no Christmas music until after Thanksgiving, no decorations. My daughters and my wife have been sneaking Christmas music since Halloween. Okay, I'm the same. And my husband is like you. He's like, it's unfair to Thanksgiving. You can't bypass it. But let me tell you, as a new New Yorker, one of my favorite things is New York embraces Christmas. Like, literally, I drove past Macy's on Halloween, and they were putting up the decorations. Hudson Yards put them up before Thanksgiving. I, I love it. People are happier. We need that. It's world. nice around the show. I, I think uh, having the the decorations up and the music and the giveaways every yes. day is really fun. This is literally the weirdest show on television because we <laughs> seamlessly go from like one, you know, super heavy topic to something just incredibly light. And we have to somehow do it smoothly and stay happy with each other while having strong opinions. And somehow it works. Yeah, thank God for long commercial breaks to be <laughs> to palate, palate cleansers from topic to topic. But anyway, I'm glad to have Christmas arrive at The View and, and holidays arrive at The View. And uh, we've got Hanukkah next week and Christmas coming soon. It's going to be great. We have a lot of fun. I can't wait. Um, all right. So The View's pooch pageant. Talk about your holidays. This is happening very soon. And there's been a lot of competition brewing. I'm not sure how aware you are of how much the other hosts are talking about this. Uh, we had Sunny on. Very nervous about Herbie. As she should be. Oh. <laughs> so he is the underdog, if you will. He's yes. probably the least famous of the pets of co-hosts. Um, he's a puppy. He's only a year old. But this dog is remarkable. And um, it's personal for me because in the Westminster Kennel Club dog show, the Shih Tzu beat the Havanese. Now, my little Havanese is coming back with a vengeance. He's coming for Bernie Behar. I think we can prove that Havanese's are the best among the toy breed. Oh, wow. And I would just know, um, for historic context, Barbara Walters was a Havanese lover. All right, she, so there she, we go. Yeah, there's, there, a view. there's a view history with Havanese's. He is the cutest thing. He does have a special trick that I'm hoping he performs. Um, he may perform one of his other tricks, which is occasionally going potty places he's not supposed to, so we have that to sure. look forward to. As uh, David Letterman used to say before Petrix, we'll have to have the urine-proof carpet out there. <laughs> but uh, So my first big job in television was producing stupid Petrix for David Letterman. This was the thing. And Wait, that's, a, that's so cool. I, I love that. I used to go around the country, and uh, this is before YouTube. I, so there was no, I used to have to go and hold auditions around the country looking for the best performing dogs or birds or cats or anything else. So it would be me in like a used car lot in in Pittsburgh, and there would be 100 people there one by one doing tricks, and the dog's not actually performing or doing anything <laughs> impressive. If I got one 
trick for a long hundred dog audition. It was a huge win for me. But because of that, I know it, it gets like, you know, dogs don't always perform under the lights on, on television with an audience clapping for them and everything else. So anything could happen. My Yes, it's it, it will be a high stakes show. Um, my my little guy is still learning. I mm-hmm. would say I would say he's uh, naughty, but has a good heart. All right. So I'm curious to see if he even, you know, does he make it to where he's supposed to on the stage? Does he bark? Does he he's a humper? Sorry, in advance. We may need to, you know, bleep out some of his activity on the screen. Um, but he's 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 a love bug. My prediction for this is just pure chaos for, for <laughs> yes. five to six minutes. Yes. And we'll see who's Not standing to mention at the end. Sonny's two bear dogs are well, going to be Sonny's bringing two dogs because she wants an extra dog in this fight. Mm-hmm. And um, and she's cheating, basically. She's bringing two dogs because <laughs> she's Sonny and she wants to get ahead. And then but she's one of her dogs has a show dog lineage, apparently. Of course it does. Of course it does. <laughs> and it's a Nepo baby dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, but she's mostly worried about yours. Joy, nothing but confidence. Anna's working the the edges, trying to find like an in with the producer. Like, well, what exactly is going to happen? It, it's yeah. I've got something up my sleeve, and you just wait. Uh, he, I'm saying it now. Herbie Griffin is the underdog all right. to win this competition. <laughs> I love it. All right, we'll see what happens. Um, all right, so moving on to another favorite Alyssa topic, Bravo. You are a resident Bravo watcher. What is happening right now in the Bravo universe? So I am living for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, It is back with a vengeance. And there was – so basically there's been speculation. One of the longest-standing stars of the show, Kyle Richards, and her longtime husband have separated. Honestly, for Bravo TV couples, they always seemed like the strongest. There was like – there was a really just like fun, healthy, happy relationship there. Mm -hmm. So people were really surprised to hear it. But there's kind of an emerging storyline where – Kyle is very close with this country singer, Morgan Wade, who's beautiful, super talented. They say they're just friends, but it seems to be giving that there may be a romance there. Ooh. And I I like I'm reading all the tea leaves. I'm I'm looking at it and there's chemistry. And I was talking to my husband who could not care less about Bravo <laughs> and has no idea the people I'm talking about. But I said to him, I blurted out. I was like, you know, if for any reason we ever ended, I think I would go for a woman. Really? <laughs> and he was like, he was like fascinated to hear that. But I think there is something to be said. If you had a very healthy relationship with a man, but then it fell apart, maybe try something totally Totally different. That's interesting. <laughs> I do pay attention to listener feedback. Yes. And, what are you hearing? Um, mostly all positive, but I think some folks think that my obsession with Bravo is perhaps a bit unserious or immature. Now, I would like really? to explain how I got into Bravo. Please. It was when I was working at the Pentagon, and day in and day out was war. It was airstrikes. It was attacks. It was worried about friends who were in military theater, and it was heavy. And I would go home. And I was just like, how do I unwind? My best friend who she works in the private sector, but at, at the Pentagon, she's like, you need to just watch, you just need to binge some naughty reality TV and got me hooked on all these Bravo shows. It was my way of turning my brain off and kind of living vicariously. It's a guilty pleasure. I don't actually spend a ton of time thinking about these people's <laughs> lives, only like a quarter of my time. But that's what it was. And I actually think it's such, it's fun escapism. Yeah, it's. it's- like, it's I, I need it in my life. I read comic books and watch football. I exactly. mean, that's pretty much, yeah, yeah, that's what I need, too. Everyone's got to have a thing. Exactly. Yeah, I, I didn't know that listeners felt that way. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm missing it. All right. But then others love Bravo as well. So. I think a lot of people in our audience are engaged. Solidarity. That's the great thing about our audience, honestly. <laughs> they engage on different things, and that's the great thing about The View is we can be so many different things on any given day, as we saw today, exactly. which is pretty cool. All right, well, <laughs> in a similar kind of relationshipy place, there was a hot topic that ended up on the cutting room floor this morning. These are often my favorite hot topics. And um, this one was a a viral Instagram stat. It was from 2014, 
but it was a survey of a thousand women and it revealed that 50% of those women admitted to having a backup partner in mind. So basically somebody that's like there, you know, if this doesn't work out, I've got my backup ready. Now you've been married for two years. Did you ever have a backup in mind? <laughs> okay. So yes, in dating, I always had a backup. I, you do not have a backup in marriage. Like right. Justin is my one and done and that's that. But I when I was right. dating, for me, it was actually like um, – it was like a self-preservation mechanism because if I was really into someone but not sure if it was going to work out, I'd mm-hmm. usually have the backup guy in mind so I wouldn't be as devastated if it didn't work out. It was honestly more of just a like making sure I come out fine on the other side of it. Um, and yeah, we my girlfriends, I think they called it like you had a rotation. Like it was, you know, this is the main guy you're interested in, but, you know, this guy can buy me a drink until the other person makes it, you know, Instagram official. <laughs> so the the this article, so it was about 50% admitted to having a fallback partner such as a gym uh, buddy or an ex-boyfriend. They're, they're plan Bs, basically, yes. is what we're looking at here. And surprisingly, one in 10 women had uh, disclosed that their plan B had already professed their love. Yeah, it's usually the guy who's crazy about you, but you're not quite as interested. Wow. But they can definitely, you know, be a, an ego boost on the backside of a breakup. It's actually kind of mean if I think about it. Yeah, a little Did bit. you ever have a plan B? I never had. I had plan A's that I was all in for. Yeah. And then uh, when it didn't work out, you know, I'd, I'd take another look around. But I never had a plan B while I was in it. I did text my wife this article yesterday when it came out. <laughs> and I respond, and I asked, did you have a plan B? And she immediately wrote back, I have three. <laughs> So that was nice. I Thanks, love honey. it. I love it. Yeah. She, she's a peach. Um, all right. So this is exciting. Tomorrow, you and a few of our other hosts are going to the White House holiday party. Now, this is your first time back at the White House since leaving the Trump administration. Dumb, How dumb, do you dumb. feel about it? It's very different, so, I would think. Yes. I'm excited to go. So I think all the hosts were invited last year. I chose not to go. I was just, I thought it was like, listen, like I'm, I'm a lot of frequently abiding critic and you know, the, my, I left under, you know, very sad circumstances, if you yeah. want to put it that way for, for the country, for like America and democracy. And I was like, it's not my time. Now I was kind of excited to go back. Um, I've, I've struck up a friendship with Kate Bedingfield, who is Biden's White House comms director. Yes. She left a couple um, months ago and we've kind of just bonded over the things that like take the politics out of it. There are just certain functions of that job and of working in any White House that you're going to have to do whether you're right, left, center, Republican, Democrat. And it's, it is it is this like it's a really it's a special place. It's it's America's house. It's the people's house. Um, so I am actually excited to go back. I also am obsessed with the First Lady's Christmas decorations. I think uh, Dr. Biden did a really, really good job this year. Mm-hmm. Like I like classic like Americana Christmas, like just, you know, just totally classic. Nothing over the top, not trying to be too fancy, but still elegant. So I loved how it looked. Um I'm excited to go. It'll be it'll be weird though. It's the I mean, the White House is like one of the only jobs in America where you know, I worked there twice because I worked for the vice president for two years and then I worked for the former president for about a year. Um so I spent three years of my life working in that building and on that right. campus. And you get to know the staff, the Navy mess staff, the Secret Service agents, the White House Medical Office. I got to be really friendly with them because we're getting COVID tested every day. <laughs> um, but unlike most jobs where you can go back and see your old office or check in with your old friends who are still there, that doesn't exist in the White House. It's all new. Yes, it's all new. Um, also, you can't just go back unless you're invited. <laughs> um, so it's just gonna it's gonna be interesting, and it's it's I I'm I'm excited. I'm, I thought it was very um, it was very gracious of them to invite me as somebody who you know worked for the former administration. 
Um, and it'll be fun being there with other co-hosts. I, I certainly don't want to compare the two in any real way, but the only similar experience I had was when I, I worked for David Letterman for 11 years and I was at the Ed Sullivan Theater and I love that place mm-hmm. so much. Iconic. And then uh, Megan McCain was here and she was a guest on Stephen Colbert and she asked me to go with her. So I went to the Stephen Colbert show and it was like watching a new family living in my yes. childhood home. It yes. was such a weird visceral experience for me. Like I had like a stomach ache the whole time. Everybody, similarly, everybody yeah. was new. They spruced the place up a little bit. Mm. Everything was in the wrong place. Everything, it, it like was well, traumatic for me. It's it's weird. And I'm going to be going in like a visitor's entrance, not having my blue badge that gets you to any nook and cranny of the White House you want to be in. It's, right. it's just, it's different. I think it's a good, it's a good healing time. It's like yeah. moving forward and it's the holidays. There's going to be, you know. There's no happier time to be there. And, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for you and everybody. Oh, and, and one yeah. of my favorite things is, um, and I think they do this every, like most recent administrations. One of the big Christmas trees has all the 50 states on it and ornament for each. Oh, cool. So it's always fun to find, like, I'm from California to find, like, where the California ornament is. At the um, party, everyone takes a photo with the first family generally, right? Yes. So that'll be nice. You can take a photo with the person you're criticizing often, but <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be uh, good. Listen, I, I'm an equal opportunity critic and praiser. Yes. Um, I have very real concerns about Joe Biden's ability to win reelection again. And mm-hmm. that scares me because I think it. Uh, allows a very dangerous man to potentially be president. But I give Joe Biden a lot of credit on how he's handled Israel and how he's handled Ukraine. So you, you win some, you lose yeah, some. There you go. No, you're a straight shooter. I, I think that's fine. Woodward and Bernstein, pen and paper, wine and cheese. What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're delivering daily digests or serving sensational scoops, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash view. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 
93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This is according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, yesterday, Joy told a story, speaking of the former president, about talking to Trump supporters outside of Trump Tower and wanting to understand where they were coming from. Did you hear the story? Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> but, but share with the, uh, the highlight of it is the end. The highlight of it is as she left these people who she had not told who she was, one of them yelled after her. You know, you could be a hot joy. She said, <laughs> the way I originally heard the story was, you could be a hot joy Bihar. <laughs> <laughs> Which they probably did mispronounce. Yeah, because I, I usually see it when people don't know her. And then she wrote, yelled back, I am a hot joy Bihar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, two things. Joy cannot help herself. She has to engage. I, know. I, I have heard so many stories about her engaging, like, Trump supporter types. Um, also, she is a hot joy Bihar. The most common thing I hear <laughs> from people who see her in real life is they're like, she looks so good. Um, yeah. But so, OK, I love I love this for her. Um, <laughs> I think that we talked about this off air with the audience the other day, like on TV, people can kind of they, they think of you as maybe a bit one dimensional. Like I'm the Republican, right. so I must be this, you know, Whoopi's a liberal actress, so she must be this. We're all multifaceted people with a lot of different interests, a lot of different ideas. I talk about politics less than most people, except when I'm like actually on the clock to do so. Yeah. Um, So I I actually think it's fun to engage people who disagree with you. Um, A, you can learn from them. um, But I also have found almost universally once people actually like talk to me uh, as as a human and not just (laughs) as like a talking head on TV, you can find some level of common ground or at least like a mutual like, okay, we're, you know. I mean, generally speaking, all of us have people in our lives that don't feel the same way we do about politics or anything else, family, friends, everything else. So that's what was always that's what's stunning to me when people are surprised like how can you sit at a table with those ladies I was like I do it any day that I go to lunch with girlfriends or members in my family I like I don't I've never been someone who only hangs out with Republicans that would a be boring um (laughs) be like it's life you you, I've I've always had friends all over the political spectrum joy does just jump right into those conversations though and I like I I'm like I'm looking the other way I want to walk away like no but I but it's funny because I also think that I think the people she engages kind of like it, too. Of course they do. There's like there's a mutual. Yeah. Yeah, She likes to spar. (laughs) Basically, it's what she lives for. She lives for it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just who she is. Well, God bless. Um, (laughs) All right. So speaking of Trump, you've been wanting to talk about how journalists don't understand how to cover him. It's it's Mm -hmm. a conversation that uh, is ongoing, I think, throughout the last four longer than that years. Um, What do you think journalists are getting wrong? I I really want to ask Brian Stelter this, but we ran out of time. Um, So Trump is he's a master manipulator and he's a showman. Um, The the only, you know, 
consistent talent, if I could say, that I've seen in Donald Trump is he, he's a showman. He's somebody who he walks into a room and this may be surprising for some people to hear, but he can be gregarious. He can light up a room. He can be self-deprecating. He can have a sense of humor. And He's good at working people over. And I've seen time and time again where he sat down for interviews and clearly he's put on the Trump charm because I just don't see the level of of pushback that needs to be there. I think that honestly, the only way that works to for a, a mainstream objective journalist to interview him is a pre-taped format um, that allows them to go in and fact check throughout afterward in post-production, mm-hmm. because even when he espouses something, he lies so incessantly that you would be interrupting every two seconds. I think of my friend Caitlin Collins, who I think did as good of a job as anyone can on live television in, you know, that, tri- in, that, that infamous that town hall, CNN yeah. town hall, when you've got a crowd cheering for him. But you would literally be interrupting every other set like sentence if you if you do it live. So I think you do the interview and then you add context for the listener. The other thing that I've been frustrated by is almost the downplaying of how he's covered. So there was this piece in The New Yorker that was incredibly important about how he wants to expand the role of the U.S. military domestically. Um, Dangerous. He wants to use it to, you know, quell political disagreement and protest, things that would be unprecedented in America. But the headline was like, wants to expand the role of the U.S. military. Like it was, And so in, in, in our clickbait culture where right. people, you know, they're not going to read the thousand word New Yorker piece necessarily. You've also got to get to the point. You've got to contextualize it and explain when something is unprecedented to the lay person who may not understand the full implications of it. Right. Um, but I do think you have to engage Trump where I disagree with some folks is this idea of like. The Don't media give him a platform. Can't, can't yeah. give him a platform. He is the GOP frontrunner. You know, tens of millions of people voted for him once. Tens of millions will likely, if he's the nominee, vote for him again. Um, so you just need to be prepared to to challenge him and have receipts ready. So in a hypothetical world where he's coming to the view to be at the table, you would be... Oh, that would give me such anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I, I, this sounds crazy to say. I wouldn't rule out that he would want to. Right. I don't know what our like editorial standards would be, but he he has an obsession with the show. I think he knows how iconic it is. He did love Barbara Walters. He was a frequent guest back in the day. He yeah. had co-hosted. Melania had co-hosted. Yeah, he's um, and he pays attention to it. I remember when, when I worked for him, he would he'd you know come back with, "Can you believe what they were saying on the View?" And he understands that's a powerful platform. We yeah. we reach so many people, but um, that would be very hard to do because it's live. Um, but I think you have to you'd have to be very intentional with your questions mm-hmm. and specific with your wording, so we can't dance around it. I think you know it'd have to be kind of a concerted effort where everyone's prepared to kind of jump in and fact check as we go. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation whether uh, it would ever happen or should happen or anything else. He would have mean things to say to me, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I have no doubt. Um, we, Loser. Yeah. Well. Finally, uh, I want to get your thoughts on George Santos, because the House is expected to vote tomorrow on whether to expel him uh, after the scathing House ethics report. What are your predictions on how this goes? So my cautious prediction is he does get expelled. Um, All Democrats are going to vote for it. It needs a two thirds majority vote um, to be expelled. I think there's enough Republican momentum that would basically require about half of the Republican conference to support mm-hmm. it. The entire New York delegation of Republicans has called yes. for his expulsion. Um, it's an interesting dynamic because while it's bad in the immediate for the House Republicans if he leaves because it makes their threshold um, smaller. even smaller, right. it's actually better for them in the long run. So like one of the the top targets of the DCCC, the Democrats' um, House uh, campaign arm, is Mike Lawler, who um, is a 
super strong, moderate member, um, represents like white, like pardon, he's a New York member. He's a top target. And one of the reasons is he's having to defend getting asked about George Santos. He's getting lumped in with, you know, the the jokes right. and the idiocy. And he wants to see him gone because he wants serious people elected. I think getting rid of Santos helps Republicans present themselves as more serious and it's better for their reelection chances, even if it's bad in the immediate um, yeah. as far as passing votes go. That's interesting. Alyssa, I was on uh, CNN with a really smart gentleman, Van Lathan, who's um, actually he co-hosted a podcast with Rachel Lindsay. Mm-hmm. He made a point that I thought he's was terrific. spot on about about George Santos. He's like, I actually think he's helpful in the sense that he he's the caricature of the unseriousness of our politics. And he's like, I actually think that, you know, you get rid of him and you're able others are allowed to present themselves as a little more serious and not as Looney Tunes. When in reality, more and more members of Congress are running to be like political influencers and not actually to govern. So it kind of gives them a pass if they get rid of him, Um, which I just thought was an interesting kind of flip side of it. And I should mention if he is expelled, I think for consistency's sake, I do think Senator Bob Menendez, who's been federally indicted, um, I think he should resign. I think if he has had a shred of integrity and dignity, he would for the good of the Senate. I'm very excited to do a Sonny Hostin-esque legal note. Both George Santos and Bob Menendez have denied any criminal wrongdoing. All right. Well, I'm thrilled to have you back in the chair. We'll see you again soon. Tomorrow's show is going to be a good one. Uh, we have John Fetterman on. I'm excited Senator about Trump. that. Yeah. And um, and then we have uh, more fun to come and the dogs are approaching. So I am so excited for the dog show. All right. <laughs> Me too. Thank you for joining me, Alyssa. Tomorrow, I'll be back with Anna Navarro, and uh, see you soon. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.